0: The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. It's time now for a smart plain talk regarding politics, Israel, and the law. This is the Victory Hour with Andrew Parker a Parker Daniels Keyboard. Wise counsel, winning results. Now, here's your host, Andrew Parker.
1: I'm impressed with my attorney, Bernie. I'm impressed with his influential friends. He's got very big connections, and I follow his directions. Bernie knows his way around, and so It's I Sunday, 4 o'clock. Clock. What the heck does that mean? Well, it means the best hour in radio. It means the best hour in media anywhere. It is the Victory Hour. I'm Andrew Parker. And you might ask, what is our aim? You are... What is our aim? I can answer in one word. Victory.
0: Victory at all costs. Victory in spite of all terror.
1: Victory however long and hard the road may be. But without victory there is no survival. Did that be realized? And boy, do, 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 do those words really, yeah, I mean, they, they shake the foundations of our democratic institutions and the, uh, going forward to November as we move toward a critical election, not just here in uh, the heartland, here in Minnesota, but across the country as the House of Representatives, the United States Congress uh, is uh, open to fall one way or the other. Is it going to fall into the control of the Democrats? Are we going to move back to the years of Barack Obama and the years when the Democrats brought our economy not out of disaster, which they found themselves in, surely, when uh, Obama took over, but just simply creeping along, people suffering year in, year out, or... Are we going to continue on the path that we have been on since Donald J. Trump took office? I want to talk in a minute about some of the accomplishments related to Donald J. Trump. But first, let me get get you up to speed. Next week, we'll be at the Minnesota State Fair. We will be live at the fair. And the following week, we will be at the State Fair again, August 26th at the Fair, from 4 to 5, Sunday, August 26th, and again, September 2nd, Sunday, from 4 to 5, and we are talking to all of the electeds and candidates for the key offices here in Minnesota. Uh, We hope to have uh, Eric Paulson, Congressman uh, for the 3rd Congressional District, who is in a hotly contested battle with uh, candidate Dean Phillips, the endorsed candidate for the Democratic DFL party in the state of Minnesota. Eric Paulson and Dean Phillips, we hope to have them on during one or another of the two Sundays coming up. Uh, Karen Housley, we believe we will have on as well. And a few weeks after that, we're going to have Tina Smith, Senator, U.S. Senator Tina Smith on the show. Uh, I am uh, working to coordinate with the victor, Jeff Johnson, to come on uh, the radio show during the state fair. And if we can get uh, gubernatorial candidate Jeff Johnson the Republican nominee to be on the show, we're going to probably spend the entire hour with uh, Jeff, an outstanding candidate. We're going to talk in a little bit with our special guest who I'll introduce shortly uh, about the uh, primary results that came out earlier this week on Tuesday and very interesting results and the uh, political analysis related to that. No, we are not high-buck, high-paid political analysts here on the Victory Hour. We just simply rely on being correct. That's all. We'll uh, talk the truth, we'll talk common sense, and more often than not, we are correct, and I will tell you a little bit about how correct uh, yours truly was going into this uh, uh, election of last Tuesday in the primary. Doug Wardlow is going to be on the show, I believe, during the state fair, so... He is running, as you know, for attorney general on the Republican side, and he will face off with Keith Ellison, a darling of the Democrats. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the darling. You know, he's not a darling when it comes to domestic issues, but he is a uh, domestic abuse issues, I should say. But he is a darling of the Democratic Party. And let me monologue for a moment. Uh, I know you've all been waiting uh, to hear, since I talked a bit about this last week, for me to complete my thoughts on the issue of where the Democratic Party uh, has gone. Not where they are going. They are there now. This is now reality, and I challenge anyone to give us uh, uh, some time on the air. Come out to the state fair and uh, challenge me as it relates to whether or not you agree that the Democratic Party has now reached the nadir, although they, have, uh, they, they appear to be heading deeper, on three uh, particular issues if you choose to support the Democratic Party. Uh, and who am I talking to? Listen, most people approximately 93% of those out there are either on the blue team or the red team. And they're either going to vote for the blue guy or the red guy. And, and that's it. I don't know if I can say blue guy and red guy nowadays, but, but I have just done it. So call me, call me a, what would it be? A, a color a color. I, I've got color phobia. Uh, I'm a phobic uh, on, on colors. So y- blue guy or the red guy and, and there are only about seven, maybe eight percent who truly could go either way. And as it relates to those seven or eight percent, ask yourself can you really support this Democratic Party? Not a Democratic Party that you wish it was, but the party that it actually is. So, what has the Democratic Party become? And by the way, I worked for Ted Kennedy in 1980. I mean, I come from that specter. I understand it, and I voted for Democrats across the board, all the way up until just a couple decades ago. For you know, for nearly uh, 25 years, never voted for a Republican. Understood the Democratic Party of Joe Lieberman of. Uh, of, uh, you know, even uh, John F. Kennedy, but Joe Lieberman, Scoop Jackson, uh, even Evan Bayh, Birch Bayh before before him. Well, that's not the party you're voting for anymore. So you 7 or 8% out there don't think it is, because it isn't. The party you're voting for now is the party that honestly has finally said, uh, America has never been great. That, that comment came out today, and it's like, as I've said before, it's like when you have a little too much to drink and you blurt out things that, frankly, you honestly feel. It's not colored over. Well, Cuomo speaking, and frankly, for a huge swath of the Democratic Party, they don't believe that America has been great, which is why they are throwing down the gauntlet on such Uh, controversial issues because they want to change the entire foundation of this country. Secondly, being anti-Israel and, frankly, anti-Semitic has become a part of the party. Certainly anti-Israel has, to the point where Members of Congress who I know on the Democratic side and I've visited with for 20 years and know their positions quite well are starting to shift and kowtow to the anti-Israel stance because they need to do that to maintain their foundational support within the party. That's how far the party has moved. That is what you're voting for. And lastly, do you really want to vote for a party that wants to turn back the achievements of Donald J. Trump? And on the other side of this break, we're going to talk about some of those achievements. And we're also going to have in one-time CEO and founder of Vascular Solutions, an author of Cardiac Arrest, and one of the brightest political analysts that you'll ever meet— even though he doesn't get paid a dime for it, Howard Root will be with us on the show. So you stay with us on the other side. And we're going to talk about Donald J. Trump accomplishments and we're going to talk about the recent uh, primary elections and what we have in store in November. In the meantime, go to parkerdk.com. We'll be right back. <laughs> Good friend, Tim Poletti. Well, he's a a very, uh, he is a close friend and he's a great guy and he was a great governor and now is retiring from politics. He brought a lot to the stage and uh, was a great public uh, servant and a great governor for the state of Minnesota. Uh, But... uh, I don't know. The the campaign did just didn't go uh, so well for him, and uh, Jeff Johnson ran a great campaign. We are back on the Victory Hour. Go to parkerdk.com. Parker Daniels Keyboard brings you the Victory Hour every week. Premier law firm, downtown Minneapolis, Parker Daniels Keyboard. Go to parkerdk.com, and you will see there what many refer to as an award-winning website. And in fact... It is an outstanding website, and you will uh, learn much about the practice of law and about the best lawyers in town. Go to ParkerDK.com. We are back on the Victory Hour and going to talk for just a moment about whether you, if you were to vote for any one of those running for Congress, running for the U.S. Senate, or state House or Senate seats, or the Minnesota governorship, any one of those Democratic candidates running, uh, do you really want to roll back the clock? Do you want to roll it back to the malaise days of the past eight years prior to Donald J. Trump's election in 2016? Remember, growth anemic, unemployment High and really just ticking down ever so slowly. No wage, raise, or growth for anyone. These were day Oh, uh, embracing our enemies, undermining our allies. These were the days that you want to go back to because uh, we're going to talk in a minute about this with our special guest, but that's where Tim Walls wants to... Uh, that's what he would support. Now, he's a governor. He doesn't have that federal authority uh, or power that the president does, certainly. But his positions are far different than Donald J. Trump's or Jeff Johnson's. So, Trump, what, what are we rolling back? Well, nearly 3 million new jobs, 304,000 manufacturing jobs since just uh, December of 2020. 20- 08 have been created since President Trump took office, and that's the highest level since December of 2008. 337,000 construction jobs have been created since Trump took office, the highest level since June 2008. That 2008 date keeps coming back. Why? Because that's about the time that, that Barack Obama uh, took over. And we were at a very difficult position coming out of George W. Bush's administration. 67% of Americans believe now is a good time to find a quality job. And only under President Bush have more than 50% of Americans believed it is a good time to find a quality job since the Gallup poll began asking the question 17 years ago. The top corporate tax rate lower, 35% down to 21%. American families received $3.2 trillion in gross tax cuts and saw the child tax credit double under the Tax Reform Act introduced, signed into law by President Donald J. Trump. Consumer confidence in current conditions has reached a 17-year high. Optimism among manufacturers has hit record highs since the numbers have have been recorded. The economy is humming. Just this week hit new highs. The Dow, huge growth. On the world stage, who moves the embassy in Israel to Jerusalem? No president. They all promised it. Republicans and Democrats alike. Trump does it who tears up the iran deal like he said he would and who ultimately is going to build that wall <laughs> we shall see he's meeting with the korea the north koreans he's dealing with mexico the way they need to as well as china you know do you really want to consider rolling it back that's the question now let's turn to the primary elections uh, and the election results that occurred earlier this week, and what it looks like for November here in Minnesota. And I have, uh, uh, I'm honored to have in studio today with us, founder of Vascular Solutions and one-time CEO, who also is an author. Of a fantastic book, and I think you ought to go uh, get it now, immediately, and take a read, because it will tell you what happens when you find yourself under the thumb of the federal government. Cardiac Arrest, written by author Howard Root. Fantastic political analyst, and I would have no one else in to talk about politics and the political results than Howard Root. Between he and I, we have... uh, Less than a dime that we've been paid for our opinion on such subjects. But I will tell you, uh, none, no one, no political analyst or pundit, national or local, is worth more than our opinions are on the subject. Uh, and so that's why you listen to the Victory Hour today. Howard, thank you for being with me.
0: Well, thank you, Andrew, for inviting me into your color-phobe radio show today. Uh, You know, we had lunch yesterday, and it was, or not yesterday, last week before the primary, and and you're spot on. I mean, between you and me, we were talking about things that people were getting paid a lot of money to predict, and just back-of-envelope type stuff, we came up with,
1: pretty much spot-on
0: predictions of what happened in the primary
1: yes we did we did and uh, lest you uh, challenge the veracity of such statements i have it on email as i was sending throughout to my friends uh, over the weekend some of the more surprising results including uh, i must say and i i was hoping i was going to be wrong but i did not have a good feeling about the uh uh Palenty Johnson race, but I will tell you when I when I say that it only comes from my friendship with Tim Palenty. I'm also good friends with Jeff Johnson and have uh, been for uh, more than uh, a couple of decades. I like him very much. I didn't work with him like I did with Palenty, and and so I, I know Tim uh, quite a bit better. But uh, Jeff Johnson is a great candidate, and I'm I'm proud to have him as our. our Republican forebear for um, uh, the gubernatorial uh, uh, race. What do you think, yeah. uh, Howard?
0: Well, like you, I was a plenty supporter and uh, worked some with his team, um, and I really liked him. Uh, Tim's a, a great guy, and I thought he was going to run a, a very good campaign. I turned out to be wrong, incorrect about that. I don't think his campaign was even marginally competent the way that they ran it, um, took a I think the better candidate with more money, more name recognition and lost by nine points, that's almost a challenge to accomplish. But on the flip side, uh, Jeff Johnson, who the last time he ran for governor, I was not impressed. His, his ad with him clipping the grass with a pair of scissors on the front yard did nothing to inspire me. And his messaging in in, in the way he he kind of promoted himself. I mean, I come from a corporate environment. Marketing and sales is about promotion and about making it simple, making it clear getting the result you want. And he was doing none of that back in 2014, but it seems this time around he's gotten much better. And when Tim Pawlenty came out with that attack ad, uh, I saw a whole new side of Jeff Johnson in responding to it. He did it the right way. He did it very well. He did it with with passion. Uh, He was clear. He was everywhere. And as a result, even though he had less name recognition and far less money, he won by nine. Yeah, you know,
1: I... I agree, and, and I'll tell you what I was thinking. And, I, in fact, I emailed Jeff over the, uh, over the weekend. I saw the commercial, which, which he did not create, uh, but one of the independent expenditure groups did create in support of Jeff, of uh, the somewhat angry uh, suburban mom who uh, was seen in her kitchen emptying her grocery bags And, you know, describing the the day to day difficulties uh, that we run into here in Minnesota. And it really resonated. It resonated with, you know, everybody said, yeah, yeah, and and it was and and then at the end it was we need a new governor and and Jeff Johnson is your man. And then when you see Jeff on Fox News, uh, he just did an outstanding job over the weekend and then again after the election on uh, Tuesday uh, on national uh, TV and Fox News, and he's really starting to get and I think has a level of gravitas. His policy positions have always been strong and we can definitely support them and not the Democratic rollback positions. Uh, and now he's, he's really gained this gravitas. I think uh, he can beat Tim Walls. What do you think? I mean, Tim Walls is going to be a, diff, a a tough out for any Republican.
0: Yeah, I think Tim Walls was the strongest candidate that the Democrats had, uh, but he is not uh he he's he, we can beat him. Uh, Jeff Johnson has the ability to win this campaign. And as you so eloquently pointed out at the beginning, it it gets down to the basic issues of where is the economy heading and where is the Democrat Party headed and You know, like you, I was uh, a a liberal Democrat when I was growing up. Uh, Otherwise, I wouldn't have gotten any dates, right? Uh, But uh, but I turned it. I I still didn't. What the heck's the problem? Necessary but not sufficient, there, Andrew. (laughs) Uh, But uh, I still remember Zell Miller, uh, the former Democratic uh, governor from Georgia, when he switched over to the Republican side, said. I did not leave the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party left me. And this was that was 20 years ago. Yes. yes. And how much further they've gone away from any centrist position where Tim Walsh, who whichever way the wind blows, that's where he's going to be talking and he'll be talking very quickly, nonstop. Uh, But he's had to tack so far to the left that if Jeff Johnson just makes it clear what the positions are, he's got a very good chance of of capturing majority of the Minnesotans.
1: Yeah, you know, and, and finally, uh, you speak about the party uh, leaving us. You know, I got to tell you, Amy Klobuchar has got to have a hard time with a straight face continuing to support some of the loony positions that the Democrats have taken. And they are not loony within their party. They are now positions that mainstream Democrats like Amy Klobuchar are starting to have to talk about favorably, even though you know they don't support them, because it's the only way they can continue in the party. Listen, stay with us. On the other side of the break, we're going to continue to talk uh, political analysis, one of our favorite things to do for nothing in return, and we're going to get it right. So for Smart Plane Talk, stay with us. We'll be right back. In the meantime, go to parkerdk.com. Close call to let the good times roll. You got to vote Republican coming up in November. I mean, listen, if if the Democrat Party had not left us, I wouldn't be so confident with every single race to say you got to vote Republican. No, I wouldn't, and uh, I am not a party hack one way or another. But when you just take an honest, sobering look at it. The Democratic Party is, uh, well, they've got maybe a fingernail still holding on to the edge of the cliff, but that's about it. They're almost off the edge. I am here with Howard Root. You are listening to the Victory Hour, and we are talking about the victors from Tuesday and the primary elections that were held here in the great state of Minnesota. Uh, Howard Root, uh, founder, one-time CEO of Vascular Solutions, uh, beat the uh, federal government and those who uh, indicted him and then ended up uh, not only not proving one thing wrong that he did, but not even having the evidence to uh, cause uh, Mr. Root to call any witnesses after spending twenty million dollars on on lawyers, it's an amazing story. And author Howard Root wrote about it in "Cardiac Arrest." Author of "Cardiac Arrest," a great book, uh, I believe at Barnes and Noble. Uh, is it or online? Or online
0: it? at Barnes and Noble and yep. Amazon. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think uh, you know if. if your law firm had represented us. I think we would have the same result, but we probably would have spent a little bit less money.
1: Yes, indeed. Efficiency. <laughs> so I'll tell you, Howard, uh, thanks for being with us. We're talking uh, political analysis, and uh, really I would have no one else here today for the purpose of uh, doing a bit of a debrief on the primaries than Howard Root. Uh, very insightful and concise focused analysis, laser focused on what matters as to how people won and what they are facing coming up. We talked a little bit about Jeff Johnson and Tim Pawlenty and somewhat the surprise as if you look at name ID and if you look at the amount of money that each of them had uh, as to what the result was. I know before the election, uh, certain polls were talking about 10 to 15 point victory by Tim Pawlenty. It ended up being a nine-point victory uh, by Jeff Johnson. And uh, Jeff is an outstanding candidate. He's going to be on the show here in the next couple of weeks. Make sure you tune in. We're going to have a full hour with Republican gubernatorial candidate Jeff Johnson. Uh, But, Howard, let's turn to the Walls-Jeff Johnson uh, battle between now and November. What do you think Walls is going to do to secure the, uh, you know, the advantage here in a state which has a Democratic electorate advantage?
0: Well, I think it's pretty clear. Wallace has been in politics for quite some time, and uh, he he tacks his message left or right or left or center or left and further left, depending on which election he's in. So where uh, for the primary, he had to uh, really parrot the talking points of the Democrat Party, uh, get away from the NRA, uh, talk about Obamacare, uh, talk about increasing taxes. Now he's going to go back the other way. He's going to try to have everything. Um, you know, This is the guy that um, talked about most of rural Minnesota being rocks and cows, and now he's going to have to go out to that area and try to get votes. So he'll change his message. And the challenge for Jeff Johnson and is by the, to pin And by that.
1: the way, up in the 8th uh, Congressional District, they'll be interested to know that he's received an F from the NRA.
0: Yeah. Now, so he's getting <laughs> – he can't win for losing. I mean, here's a guy who was – touted himself as a conservative Democrat, I think, when he first was elected. And then whenever a vote really mattered, he would go back to the Democrat Party position and that would be fine with his bosses. Uh, then for, to pick up the endorsement or try to get the endorsement and win the primary, he had to go far left, and now he's going to go back more right. But but there's so much ammunition. The challenge for Jeff Johnson is which things to point to to go against Walls.
1: Well, that's right, and uh, I will tell you that just I mean the somewhat obvious there are three really uh, primary difficulties for any Republican candidate going against Walls. Number one. He, Walls, obviously, as a D, is going to get huge votes, particularly this election, because Ellison is running uh, for attorney general, and he will have his grassroots crew out there in force in the cities. Uh, And Walls is going to gain a great benefit from that. No question about it. And Walls comes from outstate. And so he is going to spend a lot of his time, like any Democrat gubernatorial candidate would but he's going to have real advantage because he's from an outstate district from the first congressional district that makes him unique in that regard he's a teacher he's a, you know a war vet reservist he's going to be able to play those cards and as you point out he is going to be able to portray himself as a moderate even as a somewhat conservative for outstate Um, uh, messaging. And the third point that any Republican is facing in this uh, statewide election is the turnout difference. The turnout difference may have been the big story of the primaries on Tuesday, nearly a two to one turnout difference of Democrats compared to Republicans. And that is very dangerous for the entire uh, Republican uh, swath.
0: That's, that's a very good point. You know, 319,000 Republican votes in the primary, 580,000 Democrat votes. Um, and if you look at Keith Ellison on the ballot, he's going to drive the vote in the, in the uh, Minneapolis and St. Paul uh, where it's going to be a heavy Democrat. Now, on the plus side for Jeff Johnson, Pete Stauber is running a wonderful campaign up in the 8th, and yes, he'll get he more Republican votes out of that district than we think we've ever seen in our lifetime. And that's where Jeff Johnson is going to have to pick it up. This idea that the Republican could go into the center city and maybe pick up 5% more and win that way, the problem is, first, that's highly unlikely to happen. And second, as you know, as a business person like me, is if you spend your time on bad odds, you end up losing. Because you don't do the good odds. And the good odds is what Jeff knows, which is, you know, he's from Fergus Falls. He's from originally outstate. Get up into the seventh, get up into the eighth, be seen with Pete Stauber. Uh, in the first district, keep in mind that Walls barely won that against Hagedor in the last election. You know, and I think Jeff could actually beat Walls in Walls' home district.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree. And, you know, and speaking to your point uh, regarding Jeff Johnson, Take a look at this. Uh, he's, he's not going to be doing well in the 4th and 5th. No R ever does. In this race, it's going to be uh, acute, uh, acutely difficult. Uh, but, as you point out, in the 8th, I think he, and, and by the way, the 8th usually elects the governor of the state of Minnesota. The 8th district is the trick to pull. And if you can do well as a Republican in the 8th, you usually are going to win the election. But in addition to that, Tom Emmer in the 6th, getting the vote out in the 6th, hugely for the Republican, because it's a strong Republican district. Getting that vote out will make the difference. And in the area, I believe, where Jeff is from in the 7th, I think he's going to do well. And in addition, Hennepin County, Jeff Johnson, County Commissioner, Uh, In Hennepin County, he's well-known in the county. He's going to do uh, maybe better than you might think in the third. But I think that is where this election may be decided, in the third congressional district.
0: Yeah, I think getting out the vote will be critical. It gets more and more important because, as you said at the top of the show, it's— You know, 90 plus percent of the people have already determined if they're Democrats or Republicans. And the biggest failing of the Pawlenty campaign in the primary was they didn't get their voters to the polls. You know, there was only 10 percent of the registered voters voted in the Republican primary. And they're claiming that the poll was showing them up by 10 or 20 percent. I don't think there's a poll that could be done on a primary in the state of Minnesota where only 10 percent of the people vote. That would be accurate to any degree of confidence. And the, it's proven that it wasn't. So stop paying attention to the polls. Exactly. Pay attention pay, to the message.
1: Pay, pay attention to the message. And, and I will tell you, and I will encourage anyone who asks, and even if you don't ask, I'll encourage, get out and support Jeff Johnson with your treasure, with your time, with your support, because uh, I'll tell you, the top of that Republican ticket, it is going to be the tail of the direction of, of the state of Minnesota for the next four years, including uh, the the years of the census and the redrawing of political district lines. And so this election is absolutely critical, and Jeff Johnson can win this election, and he'll be a great governor. Yeah, and I think one of the things that's overlooked
0: in politics, and it's simple in marketing and business, we pay attention to it all the time, Simple messages, repetitively communicated. And the easiest way to do that in politics is lawn signs. And I've got a business now. I'm doing an electric-powered pontoon boat just kind of for fun because I sold my medical device business, got out of that after the government tried to chase me out. But I'm doing something fun, but it's out in Carver County. So I'm driving out to Mayor, Minnesota every day, and I'm passing lawn sign after lawn sign on Highway 7. If you've got any access to a major road, you put up a Jeff Johnson sign, that is gold for the campaign. And the Trump, you remember when Trump was running, you go out of outstate Minnesota or greater Minnesota, I should say, there were Trump signs everywhere. And that's how people knew that Trump was gaining momentum, because everyone knew that there was people in their hometown supporting President Trump. Same thing could go on with, go- with Johnson. I think that would be a big plus, not just giving money, but giving your yard up for a little street sign if you got some access.
1: Well, let's set up the Johnson Army, because that's what we're going to need in order to save this state from four more years of the eight we've already had of the Politburo sitting in the governor's mansion. You're listening to the Victory Hour, and we're going to be right back after this break. In the meantime, go to parkerdk.com. But make sure to stay with us because we're going to walk through the U.S. Congress Congressional District Races 1 through 8 on the other side. I'm here with Howard Root. We'll be right back. Change change change. Change change change. Change change, 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 change. Indeed, change with Aretha. Very sad this week. We lost the great Aretha Franklin, and we honor her today on the victory hour. And for some change, don't you think we're done with? Democratic control in the governor's mansion here in the state of Minnesota? Well, what do you get with the Democrats? We're not going to make America great again. It was never that great. It was never that great. And they're cheering. We have not reached greatness. No, we haven't. We will reach greatness. No, that's why everybody wants wants to come here, because we haven't reached greatness. We will reach greatness when discrimination ah uh, yes it's in all about us bigots 1% of our it's population all about is us gone. who just and every woman's full potential is real yeah, keeping women and down and, and every woman yeah, in those her muslim full countries contribute. get over there and support when them that because they treat women fabulously they can even hire because we have not yet. So I'll tell you, it, it's, uh, it's just amazing. The rhetoric, and people buy into it. They buy into it. But if you look at it with the stark reality, the facts, the fundamentals, it's hard to buy into it. Uh, and I'm here with someone who looks at it with the facts, the stark realities, and that's Howard Root. Howard and I are talking about the uh, primary elections from this past Tuesday. Howard, uh, it looks like it – well, it is going to be in the uh, second congressional district. Angie Craig against Jason Lewis. What do you think about that race? That's going to be a tough one for Jason.
0: Yeah, a repeat of the last election there, same candidates, uh, same same area. The only thing that's different is we have President Trump now, and as you pointed out, a booming economy proving the the value of those policies – Angie Craig is not a particularly good candidate, in my view. I mean, she's a corporate person. She was in medical device land for years.
1: She was on the Victory Hour a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago.
0: I did not catch that one.
1: Yeah, so, yeah.
0: Um, and and it's, yeah, you know, she's 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 got her base, but I don't think her base is growing in that district. I, I see Jason taking that pretty comfortably by, I'd say, five points uh, this time around. Because the things they attacked Jason Lewis on last time was his uh, talk radio career. And it's the same attacks two years later. They're not going to be any better. And Angie Craig's got no achievements in the last two years. So why would people vote for Angie Craig now when they didn't two years ago?
1: All right, five points uh, for Lewis. I don't disagree with that. Dean Phillips and Eric Paulson in the third congressional district. That may be uh, Eric Paulson's. Toughest race out of the last, I think this is six.
0: Yeah, it is. That district uh, where I'm in, uh, I don't know if you're in there too, but it's changing, getting more and more, uh, I think, Democrat as it goes along. And uh, this Dean Phillips is a better candidate than I thought he was going to be. Uh, He's got the cool dude factor going, and that is not to be underestimated, uh, especially in an urban district. So uh, Eric's going to have to work his tail off, but he's the kind of guy that'll do that. I am very uh, worried about that race as an Eric Paulson supporter.
1: Well, I uh I'm calling it uh Eric by 6. Uh he beat uh Terry Bonoff by 12. Uh he has had a couple of other decent candidates. No candidate that um uh is as strong as Dean Phillips and Dean is a a good friend. Uh I've known Dean for a long time and um both socially and professionally and uh he's a great guy, but you know, for for him to suggest he's a moderate, I mean I just I just don't think he is. I've never known him as a moderate. He's a he's a very liberal politician.
0: Yeah. Well I'll I'll take the opposite side of that bet. I'll say that Dean's actually gonna win that race. I All don't right. want it to happen, but you heard it here first and he's writing it down. So come November I'll be back on eating crow or eating a, a good ham sandwich.
1: All right. <laughs> we've got a we've got a difference there. The sixth uh is um Going to be uh, Emmer the fifth. We're going to have Ilhan Omar. I don't want to talk about that uh, today on on the show. I've uh, I've been wringing my hands over that for some time. Uh, the fourth will co- of course be uh, Betty McCollum down there in the first. J- uh, Jim Hagedorn against Dan Feehan. Uh What do you think about that race?
0: Yeah, I think Jim's uh, giving it another shot. He works his tail off. He's been campaigning for uh, probably like six years nonstop now. And this is his time to, to cut through. I think that district's becoming more Republican. I think he'll pick it up by more than five, uh, maybe maybe closer to 10 points.
1: Agreed. Agreed as it relates to Hagedorn, and that'll be a pickup for the red team. What about up in the 7th uh, and 8th? 7th, you've got Colin Peterson, not a particularly strong opponent, and I believe that Peterson will again uh, go back to Congress uh, You know, he votes with the Republicans uh, more often than most any other member of Congress. So that would probably be the uh, odds on uh, for the seventh.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, that's the one when we get, uh, you know, they redistrict. That's the one that's going to be eliminated. The eighth probably will go across the north. So this is the last probably term for Colin Peterson. I think 32 years in Congress, probably enough. Uh, but I, I worked with a candidate up there, Tim Miller, uh, on the Republican side. But Tim uh, just didn't have the momentum and dropped out. Uh, the candidates there now is, I don't think, got the money to put up a good race. So I see Colin Peterson by maybe five
1: or ten. Agreed. And then Pete Stauber uh, in the eighth. Uh, currently uh, Rick Nolan, who is retiring, what do you think? Does that turn red?
0: Well, yeah. You know, as a pundit now, uh, it's always easy to be the negative guy. This guy's doing it wrong. This guy should do it better. And, and you know, I appreciate that it's very difficult to run a political campaign. So having said that, Pete Stauber has done a phenomenal job. The guy's got an incredible life story. He's got so many stories about his life. You know, national champion in hockey, uh, police officer, got shot, shot almost yeah. killed. His wife's in the military. You know, It's just wonderful. And what he's done, how hard he's worked, is incredible. And then they've got Metro Joe Rodinovich trying to remake himself as an Iron range guy. I and mean, he's got to put on his ugly flannel versus his cool kid's flannel when he was down here at this Chief of Staff. <laughs> uh, he's, he doesn't have a chance. Uh, Stauber no. in a walk up there. I thought 10, I think maybe 20 now for Stauber.
1: Well, I'm with you there. He's going to do a, uh, a great job as our... Uh congressional representative in the 8th, and I'm hoping when we redraw, we redraw the 4th and 5th together into one, and that's where we lose the seat. Go out and vote for Jeff Johnson, and next week at the State Fair Live, come on out and see us. We're going to be there Sunday, August 26th at 4 o'clock. It's the Victory Hour. Have a great week.
0: ...from Winston Churchill. All the great things are simple, and many can be expressed in a single word. Freedom, justice, honor, duty, mercy, and hope.